Welcome to another episode of the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. For every new listener that I get out there, I bet I bore someone to death and I lose a listener. So it's probably all a wash. But um, there's a chance that you might find today's subject a little dry. Uh, that's uh, by design, I guess, depending on um, what you consider dry. Um, and I'll do my best to cover it. It's going to be covering some of the technical details. Like I have been developing software for Amazon and just some of the ideas. If you were to start today and you wanted to uh, build some of your own tools, say you wanted to hire a developer, here's kind of the uh, perspectives that you would want to consider. If I am at all boring, I'm going to blame the sleeping pill that I took last night. Uh, that's the long story, but um, you know, I still kind of feel a little bit of the effects right now. So this was actually a, re- a request from someone. Uh, someone reached out to me about uh, that this could be a, a subject to cover. And I'm going to get into the, uh, the nerdiest details of building automation for Amazon. The moment you find it boring, just skip ahead. I'll, uh, I'll forgive you this time. I'll be uh, fun and peppy on the next. Okay, so, um, you know, I have just a little bit of background. I guess it's uh, almost seven years now. I have, as my full-time job, is actually just developing automation for um, our seller account. And that has uh, taken me to all the different sides of automation. Think of any tool that's out there. At some point, I either uh, considered building it or I built it for ourselves. We kind of have a very uh, uh, integrated solution. It's taken years to get there and a lot of uh, creativity and patience and even a development team. We've had as many as uh, five software engineers working for us at any given point. Um, and so I'm going to talk about if you want to do this, how you can approach it. If you are a developer or if you've, if you have one employed or you're considering hiring a developer, here's some things that you would want to consider. So, but before going to that, I'm going to make a claim. You heard me talk a lot about life as a seller, how to market products and how to use some software tools. What you may not know is that I've written over 500,000 lines of code to exploit these features. This software allows us to automate and that if I wasn't trying to grow the business in unique ways, we could really strip down um, our, uh, the amount of employees that we have and just rely on our computers uh, in, in um, I say that because like we are, uh, you know, our business is trying to grow in uh, with, you know, build relationships with brands. And so that's why that's where we use people where we don't use people is the majority of our ordering processes and, you know, um, profitability analysis. Like that's just kind of given to us and even our advertising automation to to adjust bids. I can go on about probably like 10 different areas where like we are, you know, daily using uh, some custom software. And, and I, I venture to say that there's, there's, I don't know if there's anyone out there that has had uh, the diversity across all of Amazon's uh, different uh, tool sets that, that we have worked with. So 
Um, let's see where to start on this subject. So I like to think of, uh, you know, uh, I like to think from the perspective of end to end, you know, where like you, you begin with a problem and, you know, you see it to its solution. Sometimes it takes a while to like, to, um, you know, to start to get to your applications to speak together. So don't think that uh, you're going to, uh, you know, have like an end to end solution in only, uh, you know, a week or two there, some of these I've spent, uh, years and, um, because of that, I've been able to build on top of it. Think like that, that you will build a layer on top of each other layer. And that now, um, where we are at, when I, when I approach a, a new problem, I'm able to rely on a lot of existing automation to, to streamline it. And so, so be patient, but then know that, um, you know, you have a lot to gain from this. And I guess to, to back up further on the claim, um, you know, I get things wrong and I make mistakes, but I really get my hands dirty. I'm at the ground level with every one of these things with the largest catalog of Amazon prime products on Amazon. Uh, no one else has actually more products that they manage in Amazon prime. So uh, there's my claim. Prove me wrong. Yes, there are bigger companies out there that are probably more successful on Amazon, but um, we happen to manage the most products. I wish we had more, uh, you know, unicorns and more heroes. Um, but uh, but I am a founder of of the business, and and I work on every aspect of it. And so, here's what you want to consider when you're hiring someone or starting to develop yourself. First, what is the API, the Amazon API. There's actually a few different APIs. What is an, an API stands for um, applica application programmer interface. When you hear the words API, just think a connection point between you know you and Amazon. You talk to each other through the API. That's how you get access to your own data and just some of the generic data that's on Amazon. There are re reports. You can uh, submit feeds and you could create FBA shipments. And if you're interacting with these APIs, I'd expect, you know, to take a, a day or two to really understand the specifics of what's going on. Um, you know, if you're working on reports, like it'll take a day or two to like, you know, read through the documentation and start playing with things. And before you're able to download a report and then download it regularly and get the data that you want. And but, you know, after a few days, you'll, you'll have a program running. You'll be able to, to um, automate, you know, some of your reporting and start to, to build it uh, together to do some, to show some interesting things. You know, we, we definitely rely on it a lot for, you know, profitability, you know, uh, assuming, uh, uh, determining how profitable we are on, on any given sale and trying to like incorporate every single fee and uh, cost on our end. So we know our profitability. Um, and, but to do some complicated things, it could start to take a few weeks. So it just depends on what your end goal is. You're not going to get very far with an API if you don't start saving that data in some fashion or, or, or your, and start doing stuff with it. I use a SQL database that allows, um, for our different, uh, 
you know, interfaces that our users use to, to essentially talk to each other. And, and the SQL database is the central point. My first year uh, developing on Amazon, I was just shocked, like some of the, the advantages to using a database that it gave us in the, like how we can bring up historical data. You know, we look at a SKU and we can see every single transaction and just kind of zoom in on everything. And it's kind of, um, it, it's what's made possible this huge catalog. We actually, we, we do a pretty good job of, of a huge catalog. I could tell you, you know, the profitability of every single product within like, uh, you know, 10 seconds, you know, you, you give me a skew, boom, got it. Here's all its orders. Here's its history, everything. So that's, uh, so I would, uh, definitely encourage you to, um, leverage, uh, to, to use a database to synchronize a lot of this. And um, the first tool that we built, it's called an ERP. Um, a lot of people understand that it's just like an inventory or a order management system. It's kind of the, uh, it's comparable to like Skubana or Forecastly, Cash Cow Pro. Um, and even uh, Channel Advisor, I believe, uh, will do some of those things. And it's kind of a, it's where I first started because it's, it's actually what we needed most. We needed to forecast our orders. And, you know, we started with only a few, actually about a thousand SKUs uh, with a certain distributors and taking and, and creating a, a purchase order took 20 hours. And now they happen automatically in middle of the night. So um, I, could, I was probably considering myself a junior developer at the time, you know, that I started this and it took me about a month to get something going where I was like generating POs and, uh, and actually changing the way our business worked. So if you, that's, that's actually pretty awesome to think that, you know, if you hired someone within a month, they could be changing your business. And I, I actually had someone reach out to me today regarding, you know, talking about technology, and they were considering some software and like they said that they weren't a hundred percent satisfied with their, the solutions out there. You're never going to be a hundred percent satisfied. That's kind of the point is like, this is a dynamic game and, and every single layer that you build on top of your uh, automation gives you further visibility and um, uh, a, a competitive advantage. So um, and it lets you insert more data into decisions. And because uh, data is, it's better than hu humans because it's not emotional. It doesn't know, you know, that y you're feeling, uh, you know, like conservative one day or, you know, really uh, uh, spendy the other, the next day. It is, uh, it's going to do exactly what you say and nothing more. We have had a problem, you know, if you have like a, a, a great week in sales, you're like, well, I'm just going to spend a bunch of money. And uh, sometimes you uh, can make some emotional decisions that end up being mistakes. Uh, that's that's a pretty uh, common thing is most of our big mistakes or where a human uh, jumped in and changed things. These tools, they allow you to think about complicated tasks and how you can automate away from that. Anything that can be decided by a human can be decided by a robot. Well, maybe not everything. Robots are still not great at seeing images and doing more than just classifying them. Like it can tell you that it's a stuffed animal dog, but can it tell you if it's cute? So there are limitations to this. And I don't care how much uh, artificial intelligence uh, or machine learning programming you put into it, 
to it. Uh, right now, as I understand, like humans can still do certain things better. They can, you know, uh, synthesize a lot of different uh, ideas in one. So I sometimes I'm the I'm the voice that's telling our uh, business to like rely less on data in certain situations, such as, you know, conversion percentage. Yeah. You could use all the data you want to like, like, yep, here's your conversion percentage. It's not going to tell you what to do, um, or, um, how to, uh, you know, how to change your image. You have to rely on your gut and you have to put yourself in the customer's mind. Something that, uh, you know, I don't Im- imagine a computer solving. Okay. So, um, there is, the main API that I've been talking about right now is called the uh, Marketplace uh, Web Services API, MWS. And this is the API that interacts with a seller account. So when Amazon designs something that like, you know, for sellers, this is the first thing that they, uh, they think of and they talk about. But there are actually other APIs that have additional data. I could do an entire, and I probably will do an entire episode on Keepa. Keepa is uh, a company that's, you know, aggregated a lot of data on Amazon and have, um, they have a, a Chrome plugin that I love, you know, I discovered it only two years ago and it was just game changing. Some of the, the historical information that they overlay in on top of an Amazon page. And, um, but you know, um, they also will show some data that Amazon's API doesn't return for you. They also have historical data. You know, you could travel back and see like, okay, when did this product page have 25 reviews? And now, you know, and now it has like 75 reviews. You kind of see the, like the, the trickling in of, uh, of things. They, they really give you a snapshot, a historical snapshot. And, um, but there's one downside of Keepa is it's going to cost you money. I've paid as much as 200 euro, sorry, 2000 euros a month to use this. Now I've optimized it down to about 700 euros a month. It's going to take creativity, uh, depending on what your uses are. Hopefully, you know, you're managing a smaller catalog than us and you're, you're not forced to like really shell out a lot of money. You could probably do a lot of work with, uh, you know, uh, 50 euros a month. I mean, they're, I guess they're a, a European company taking euros. They, they do interact with every single marketplace. You know, you could jump into the UK, Germany, uh, Canada, the US. Um, so it's, that's actually really cool is how they handle all the marketplaces. But I'd argue that this is some of the best money that we have spent. Being able to reliably know Amazon's, um, Amazon retails, uh, so, you know, they are also a seller on the marketplace and to be able to, uh, to see their in stock rate, to see what products they're, they're on has been very valuable to the way that we have organized our business is that we, you know, we just try and avoid them at all costs. And, um, so let's see. And I can go off on this a lot with Keepa is you can build a map of Amazon literally everything that you that like is on Amazon's domain of products you can build that map and who knows what you can do with it we have found a way to to identify unique sourcing opportunities through that and um and 
I, 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 I just think that like, if you, if you, sometimes I've called it the God view, just imagine if you were able to like see everything that's going across Amazon's channel, um, you know, which brands are positioned where, and you know, uh, what their sellers are doing and, and you know, average price, average in stock rate all over the place. You can build that data. I'm not going to say it's like super easy, but like, just like it has it there. And, um, I have, uh, turned back to this to keep it probably about five to 10 times and just like built new services on top of there. It was a situation where like, well, like we wanted to report back our reviews that were being generated for pages. Well, because of Keepa, I can bring that data in in a matter of like, you know, two or three hours, I was throwing that into our reports. So, um, there is one way here's to, to move on to a different API. There's one little spot that's like really weird about Amazon is on the, a, uh, if you're on the business reports, there's an ASIN detail, um, a parent and child ASIN uh, detail that will show you some data there. That's not available in other places. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it shows you the buy box percent and page views. Those are both pretty valuable. And it's interesting that they do not return that in the API. So, and I've been in meetings where um, Amazon employees were asked about that. They're like, why don't you give us that data? And they're like, they're like, well, we know it's really valuable. So we just make it harder to get. Well, that's forced me to uh, find a way around it. Uh, inside uh, Seller Central, they ha- there's an undocumented API when I say undocumented, I mean that like it's a, you can start requesting this data if you know where to point and how to, to call it. So I uh, had to reverse engineer it. And that allowed me to programmatically get buy box percent and page views on all of our products, which is definitely very helpful in uh, making decisions. So um, let's see. But th- this this is limited. It's only available for the ASINs that you are active on. Okay, uh, final, another API is the Amazon Advertising API. This one requires its own permissions, and um, it's got a lot of unique data. In fact, it has a lot of Keepa's data, but there's a big problem with this API. This is, um, so, uh, oh, so uh, let me let me clarify. There's actually two APIs that have had the word advertising in them. One of them is the, I think they just call it Amazon advertising. And then the other one is product advertising. This product advertising is the ones that affiliates use. And that's what I was just describing. It has a lot of data. Uh, because if you have an affiliate site, say you are uh, benchmarking CPUs, and so you want to link on Amazon the CPU um, that's how you would use this API to kind of like generate uh, those uh, transactions. If you wanted to, you know, fill out your website with, uh, in a programmatic way with like, uh, you know, a specific CPU that someone maybe wants to sell. Like, that, it, that's uh, a whole other aspect of Amazon. But this product advertising API does have like really interesting data, a lot of Keepa data. You know, it has reviews. Uh, you know, their MWS marketplace web, um, does not have like, you know, information about reviews. And, um, I've gotten kicked off of it a few times <laughs> because I keep using it in ways that they, uh, don't want. It's kind of the forbidden fruit. And, um, 
but I couldn't deny that it was uh, giving me data. I know of people that have found great workarounds and that are using it regularly, but it really helps if you have an affiliate site to start with that is actually legitimately using it. Um, because Amazon's gotten really good and creative of kicking people off of this one. Um, it's, it's really not a big deal. Once I figured out uh, Keepa, I stopped needing it. Okay, and then uh, I guess the final one is this uh, advertising API, you know, to, to do sponsor products. This is one that's much newer, and um, it has a separate set of permissions. So you'll, if you've ever interacted with a program that's used, um, uh, you know, the, this advertising API, like it's just a whole different process. There's no MWS token. There's no, um, uh, like the, the sign on is, is, is handled differently and, but it's actually very limited in scope. All it can see is your advertising data. That's it. It can't, you know, it doesn't have access to any of your sales data other than sales generated through advertising. And this is one that's, uh, you know, a lot of tools are being built off of it. It seems like the last two years, um, there are, you know, dozens of solutions out there that have used this specific API to, to build um, Amazon services companies. So um, I, I just did an overlay of some of these different APIs. You know, there's uh, tons of documentation online about, how to use them if you're having, you know, you know, say you're developing and have bugs. I'm always actually happy to answer people's questions. I think what I'm probably really good at is knowing all the data that's out there and kind of, like, you know, if synthesizing that together to build a product. Uh, having, you know, exhausted each one of these into all the um, options out there. So you can fire away with questions. If you had a developer that's like, that's stuck because he doesn't know where to source certain data. Like just have him reach out to me. It's actually really easy for me to, to figure it out. I've even had a few people that have asked me some questions of how to do it. And I ended up building it for ourselves because I was uh, sorry, how to, how to accomplish a certain task. Someone asked me the other day, like, Hey, how do you like handle, you know, if a product is hazmat, how do you know? How about if it's uh, restricted uh, for any of the reasons. And, you know, it was a really good question and I ended up building it for ourselves and it's actually really changed, uh, some of our, our flow of ordering and shipping into Amazon. So always happy to, um, answer and talk through some of these things. I, um, uh, let's see, you know, uh, if I do a, a follow-up episode of this, it probably will be, uh, even drier if I talk about specific data points. Um, right now, I just kind of, you know, gave a top-down uh, view. And I think that it's just a, it's a, it's a good starting point, especially if you are going to be managing someone that's working with this. Okay, then finally, to describe, a, I guess, a little bit more of how you, I mean, uh, you know, in the programming level of how you do it, there's actually a lot of libraries. I know MWS has a library um, that allows a programmer to uh, to synchronize with it really quickly. You know, you put in your um, uh, your tokens, 
uh, sorry, like your seller ID, your, 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 you have an access key and a secret access key. You, you punch all that stuff in your library and then you're kind of good to go. They have, I know a C sharp, a Python, a Java libraries that I believe they support. And, um, but the, some of the other APIs are actually rest full APIs, which means you don't need specific programming language libraries. You can just, uh, you know, and build it yourself. And I, I, there's advantages to both. And I, I don't have a huge preference at this point. Okay. So, um, again, this was kind of a different type of episode. I, if, if you want to learn more, uh, reach out. And I, I mean, I, this is my life. <laughs> As I turn off this microphone, I'm going to go back and I'm going to start, you know, programming. So, uh, hope you enjoyed it. And, um, and I hope that uh, the we keep just creating just that fantastic content for you so that, you know, if you're in the middle of a workout and you want to learn, or if you're, you know, cooking and you're throwing on those podcasts that like that we're delivering for you. All right. I hope you have a good day. Take care. Bye. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.